Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, Dan Moylan with you, Michael Normanson, and Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman. TSB Plus, uh, this week we've got more championship manager on the way. We're going to do a debrief of Rob's trip to uh, Castellon. He went to see, mm-hmm. um, to see Pablo, didn't he? So look out for that later in the week. I think he's on he his way him. back. He touched him. I've seen a picture. Really? Yep. Has he spent a night in a Spanish cell? or <laughs> Nope, I think he's, it's healed all ailments. Excellent. The squareball.net forward slash plus to get the extra shows over on the extra ball. You get priority access to the match ball. Loads of other benefits, including a daily email from Moscow and or Rob. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good indeed. That's that done. Let's get into the Leeds news then. And first up, we have uh, a Liverpool game that's kicking off on a Saturday night. I mean, Strictly's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Strictly now. It's a new time, this, isn't it? Yeah, games don't kick off at this time on a Saturday. They very occasionally move them there, don't they? I've, I've seen a championship game or two be put there, but it's that's not a championship. One of the, that's a, that's a pathetic league. league. It's not one of the recognised broadcast slots in the in the UK. Is it seven forty five on a Saturday? Have they given a reason? Was it just to fuck with people? Yeah, the the horrible bastards of the Premier. I mean, it's not. I'm going to guess it's not police advice. Given no. it gives people a clear twelve hours of drinking if they if they really want it, and no way of getting kick home. Off. Yeah. So I think as far as Manchester. Just roam the streets. Yeah. So that's fine. Which is also a, a, another policing benefit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But, the, but what the, the fuck? The only train back does uh, that's available to you after the game finishes, if you are heading over there, is via a night on the platform in Manchester Piccadilly. What time does it get into Piccadilly? It takes about, I think it's about 30, 40 minutes or something for, I don't know, I don't know. It's, so it's after, it's sort of one o'clock, two o'clock. I'll have a look. I may, have, I may still have the train line. Because basically you can spend... 12 hours drinking in Liverpool, mm-hmm. watch the football, fight your way to the station, get a train to Liverpool just in time for like one last hour in all the nightclubs. Yeah, absolutely perfect. <laughs> one by one. Um, I will or pull, just outside them all. Pull the details up for you now. Um, oh, we've covered it. I've made my point. <laughs> we don't need the actual... Have you, have you done the joke? Yeah, people won't need to know. what. So which platform should I get to cause this football uh, trouble? <sighs> but what? Why is this I mean, there won't be any though? trouble. There'll just be a lot of really tired people with no way of just going to I mean, simply watch a football match. There probably will be some Fucking trouble. hell. Yeah, but no more than Northern, average. Northern Powerhouse, Liverpool Lime Street, 2338, Manchester Piccadilly, uh, 0034. So it's taking just shy of an hour. Oh, it's stopping everywhere. Mm. Good God, you've got to go to Warrington and Witness and all sorts of it's places. like our walk we did. Uh, Lovely it was. 
Maybe that's the, that's the only way of getting back, isn't it? Walk so, from Liverpool to I did, Leeds. I did say thing the other day that about a plane that's going to get you from uh, London to New York in ninety minutes. Although admittedly, they is it called Concorde? No, admittedly they haven't built it yet. Right, they're, they're, they've got a plan for it though. Like it's, it's an Elon be, Musk thing. It's going to be dead good, like when it's made. Mm. But, um, it's, but it will still take um, about an hour to get I from. Mean, teleporting would be a solution to fix your being moved to uh, inhospitable hours, wouldn't it? Mm. Well, so you get into Manchester Piccadilly at zero zero thirty four. You then leave Manchester Piccadilly at 0827. You think, oh, that's that's just shy of eight hours. It's not. It's actually just shy of nine hours because the clocks go back. So you get, oh, a, really? you get a bonus hour <laughs> at Manchester Piccadilly that weekend. And you get into Leeds at half past nine the following morning. Ah, that's Adult. Fine. That's, that's fine. The, the big story as well with this game having originally been on Sunday and then Saturday. And I think when they moved it to Saturday, they did say, we're, we're not going to tell you the kickoff. <laughs> for a while we're going to keep that as a it's surprise a secret. <laughs> but I don't think anybody saw 7.45 coming so people would have first of all I think people were wise enough you don't know but not, it's not even wisdom it's just knowing that it's pointless trying to arrange anything for Sunday when it's probably going to get moved although if it's already on a Sunday you might take that because mm. you don't have to move them back to Saturday so that's the first fuck up and then Saturday you're not going to guess at 7.45. So a lot of people got, okay, well, if it's Saturday, it could be a lunchtime kickoff. It could be three half, o'clock. Could be it could four. be half five. Yeah. So there's... Um, it could be 11.30 at night. But the, there's there's a range of possibilities there within which you could safely book your uh, sustainable, environmentally friendly mode of transport uh, to and from the game. And then to shove it to 7.45, and not only are you losing your money on your tickets, but then you're then faced with finding an alternative way of getting there, which is probably, for a lot of people, will just be driving. So then the any kind of um, ecological benefit is out the window because all those, any train journeys turn into car journeys. And you're also, it's going to be difficult for pubs uh, this winter to pay all their energy bills. And having, you know, 12 hours of um, drunken Leeds fans spending money behind the bar would help, but not if half of them are driving. Yeah. Um, so if, if they were all on a coach or all on a train, then fine, you can cater to them and you get some money into the, the local bars that need it. No, not anymore because loads of people have got to drive. It's just, it just makes a fucking, it just makes something difficult that should be easy going to watch a football match. Because mm. there's, there's obviously the, the contrarians who've gone, well, just drive then if you don't want to get the train. Yeah, but that's not the point, is it? You're removing options from people who like, just, to, like to go have a nice time. The annoyance is, it's just, who is this for is the thing. Mm. Because like people, the, the people who go to the game should always be top priority, in my opinion. Because that's what makes it look good, and this that's is what, for, that's what makes football good. This but, is for the San Francisco 49ers and the owners of Liverpool, who can both watch it in comfort um, during what Saturday, time, Saturday afternoon. Will it be Saturday afternoon over there? I suppose it will be. Even both coasts. It'd be about lunchtime on the on the west coast and mid mid afternoon or whatever uh, tea timey on the, uh, this on the is, east coast. Uh, it is the east coast west coast rivalry. Rivalry. This isn't it. San Francisco and Boston. R.I.P. Tupac and Biggie. Mm. They're so, with the angles now. Yeah, they are with the angles. Um, onto the ownership. Actually, uh, we've heard from Angus again. He's, do, he's still doing his program notes. He is, which is good. Uh, less but, contentious issue this time. Yeah, it was quite funny. Really, he's talking about um, how the ball's never in play, and then it was in play for fifty-one minutes. <laughs> but thankfully, um, all he sorted said, that now. Isn't he said it? the referees have had a word. They're going to look at this, and it's going to get sorted out. Just after the weekend. Yeah. Did it they brought it in for this weekend. It takes time to implement anything, doesn't it? They can't do something as wild as that straight yeah. away, even though they said they would. Jesse said the same. Jesse was quite amusingly 
narked about it as well. They was like, I didn't, I didn't want this meeting. They, 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 were, they took up 90 minutes of our time. They wanted a meeting yeah. with us to talk about this. And then they've done that. Yeah. So, he's well right. done. And he's, he's, he's right. Don't waste my time with this stuff and then not do it. Um, where do you sit on the Auto to Chelsea thing? Because that's been swilling around for, for a week or two. Feels a little bit like, uh, because we'll, we'll get on to um, Radrazani going out to San Francisco in a second, but maybe they're out there agreeing Victor's pay rise, if that's what it's to be, to keep him. Um, would, would you? He's got to get through the interview first, hasn't he? Well, he was on a, a short list of four. There seems to be a kind of a, when he was chatting to them about Rafinha potentially going there, that Bowley's liked him, you know, taking a shine to the way he's conducted himself or whatever, and thought, I'd give him a job or whatever. But then he's also tried to get the guy from Fizzy Salzburg, who used to work with Marsh first and he turned them down, and he went for somebody else, and they decided not to come. So they've, they've tried a lot of um, Germans, essentially, first, because they're regarded as experts in the field, and now gone down to this shortlist, which includes Orta, Orta another couple his, of Germans. Uh, it's his 10-to-2 option. Um, and his uh, <laughs> and his mentor, Monchi, is on there as well, mm. the ones that they want to actually speak to. But he's, he's by no means their first choice. But I mean, Todd Bowley's first choice was himself. So that maybe tells him something about how that job's going to go. I wonder if Monchi is on that list just because Orta's mentioned him as being his inspiration. So Bowley's got out his piece of paper and gone, right, Monchi, write that one down. I'll see yeah. if I can follow that one up, see if he's any good. How do you spell it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> good. It's weird, isn't it, with Orta? Because he's written down Munchie. He still seems to have really split Leeds fans. I think if you I think if you were to ask if he'd done a good job, I think you'd get about 50-50 split, probably. Mm. It's Which is maybe unfair. Particularly this season as well, because the players that we brought in this summer all seem pretty popular. I don't think anybody... Christensen's the only one where there's, it's a bit 50-50 and we're waiting to see. Obviously, it's been a, a dull month with no action and then a shit game to bring them all back. But Sinistera looks like a superstar immediately. Everybody's happy with Aronson and Adams. Brock has got a beautiful passing ability and these all look like very good signings. And then... The two problems are the players that we don't sign. So we have that thing of pursuing Charles de Kettler and uh, Hackpole. Yeah, we're getting told off for this now. Um, and, <laughs> and not getting is them. It, is that what it is? Yeah. Can we say Gakpo? Because that's how we pronounce a G in this country. Um, but the native pronunciation is Hackpole. And then the other thing is the um, whether we'll ever get anywhere by only ever doing like zero net spend and not pushing the boat out to spend. Um, more than we have but for the job he's actually done this summer to replace Phillips and Rafinha with those players essentially for free is actually you would if you, in cold light of um, neutral support it's pretty good work we've got five good players but from the first few games that we've seen of them none of them look like Duds Christensen even if we're not sure about him doesn't seem like he's on a Furpo level of failure the fact that we have got Furpo. He did also sign Furpo. Yeah, yeah the fact that, that we've got Furpo against. and Rodrigo um, yeah. hanging on the place and that we had Lawrence Debark and we had those. And, the, and Cass still haven't ruled on the Big Kev. Yep. Um, but there so, are going to be failures though, aren't there? That's the thing in, in, in any club. Man City have, you know, signed Calvin Phillips who's a complete dud. You know. <laughs> and then, for example. And, and then they're doing fine. There's the work with, um, because if you remember when we had the under-23s now 21s are so uh, slickly organised now that they could make a Amazon. It's not a documentary. It's a, just a behind-the-scenes thing, isn't it? It's a reality show. But they can make that and say, oh, look how good and proper this is. The reason we signed so much kind of youthful dross when Victor Orta turned up was because we didn't have enough players to field an under-23 team when we 
when Radvitsani and Co took over from uh, Massimo Cellino. So to get from that point to this point, that's been the other side of Victor Orta's work as director of football. That it's it's the fact that um, within a, a season, Thorpe Arch, the pool was had some water in it. The wall, the walls had been painted. There was the it started to look more like a training ground again. All that stuff is kind of on his record as as good work. And then in the other column is the way that because he has a a personality and it is distinct, um, that's always going to, some people will like that and some people won't and some people like bits of it and some people won't like other bits of it. Like I quite like his passion. I don't particularly like him shouting at Leeds fans Mm. um, at Brentford, although I kind of understood that they'd gone and shouted at him and he was going to shout back. But It's the same with Kinnear's programme notes as well, isn't it? Mm. Like you're either going to like some of it or not and basically as long as things are going well on the pitch you can yeah. you can more or less get away with it can't but you but if, if you're beige then you just don't get as much attention do you I suppose from our point of view if Victor Orta did go to Chelsea we're not going to replace him with another Orta because I think he's he's probably one of a kind in that respect so one maybe positive well I don't know if it would be positive or negative but the aspect would be a complete sort of change of style of having a completely different character in that job and maybe Nicholas Solano still available a fresh approach could be uh, could work or not, but it feels um, and yeah, no, the, the point I was made about the youth play Sonny Perkins, Darko, JB, and whatever his role is, and bring those in with Craig Dean. All that stuff looks quite healthy with, with these high profile duds. And whether it would be a change at this point, whether you like him or not, is going to be positive is difficult because it feels like a job half done mm, got yeah. us to this point, and then we're waiting to see. Whether who is going to burst through, you know, whether Gelhart is going to, whether Nonto is now ahead of him for whatever reason, how Perkins comes in and Matteo Joseph and what's Archie Gray going to become and all that kind of stuff that it's, a bit, con- it's a bit formless at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. The conditions have been created for that to be a situation in the background where we've got quite a lot of good young players coming through and we've got players like, you know, we've just started on the selling part of the thing where Rafinha and Calvin Phillips get sold. So we've only we're still only just begun on this cycle. So it's almost like we need to keep him around to sell Melier. And if Robin Cox sells good to sell Robin Cox for a lot of money. And whether changing the person in the middle, it's the same way I feel about the ownership in general. Like all the faults that Radrid Sani has and whether you want him to um whether he can invest more and whether there's lockdown with the 49ers. Do we need a bunch of upheaval at this point when there's really it's hard to say how much more a club in the bottom half of the Premier League can achieve. Mm. Um, if we stay 12th, it's a bit underwhelming. I guess basically if we stick to what Victor Orta said last week in Spain about being consolidating 12th to 14th this season, uh, 10th to 12th next season, and then permanently top 10 after that with aiming to get into Europe from that point, which is pretty much what they've been saying all along of this kind of building it sort of three years to... They gave them five years to get promotion, did that in three, and then it's two years to stay in the Premier League and then start building towards top 10. So they've been quite consistent on this kind of slow process. It's whether we have the patience for a slow process. It's also whether stopping a slow process and trying to do something faster works. Because I don't, like, you look at the money, Aston Villa came to us with a half, with hundreds of millions of pounds worth of players in their squad and were worse than Mm. we are. So... I don't know how much um, I want to sort of shake the tree 
Not right now, it don't feel like it, does it? No. Well, we may not have any choice if the San Francisco 49ers decide what they want to do. Yeah, we'll come on to them in a sec and just say uh, about the 21s, which is one of the areas that he's, uh, he's been working on. Flying again at the minute in the um, in the Premier League 2, Division 2. Is that mm-hmm. where we are now? Something like that. Yeah. The easy one. Yeah, the easier one. Um, <laughs> the, but, one the one in which we've scored 24 goals in six games. Yes. Stokes goalkeeper, a uh, karate champion. Maybe we should go back to it. Maybe. From what I saw, he was at fault for a couple of these. He was a, black, a black belt in goalkeeping. Uh, yeah. It was, the second one was hilarious. Where he sort of <laughs> passed it to the side and then he saw um, it was Matteo Joseph bearing down on him and he's kind of just like veered away and has left him to it. Like, he's <laughs> oh, it pretty big lad, him. I think I'll just... <laughs> no surprises that um, Derby are bottom of this particular division as well because their well, their whole thing's just been decimated, hasn't it? Um, Good zero points, minus fifteen goals. With, yeah, funny. Derby, Forest, Stoke, Sunderland, Villa, Newcastle, West Brom, Southampton, Norwich, Middlesbrough, Leeds United, top of the tree, going up. Yeah, we do seem to be pissing this league so far, and um, Joseph and Perkins both seem, and and Somerville when he plays in it. Uh, probably the best players in there and uh, Pat Bamford when he played in it was quite <laughs> was quite good as well and, uh, even um, Sean McGurk and Charlie Allen both played well in this game Cody Drummer had a good match as well I think we really, we could we bullied their left back and goalkeeper which was Charlie Allen's side and then McGurk with his new all the big boys his new short haircut was mm. um, uh, pretty good in the second half he came off last uh, half hour 20 minutes but he was pretty good and they're, um, they're in action in the old PJT not to be confused with the JPT of years gone by mm. um, Papa John's is tonight Tuesday as we record this Tranmere what's this if you put this on the show, you can actually get two points in this game I'd forgotten about this is that yeah. for trying dead hard mm. I know I know. I, know um, I think last year we ended up predicting we'd get two points in some games so we thought we might win but we weren't sure but in this if it's a draw you get a penalty shootout at the end and then whoever wins that gets an extra point oh, interesting alright um, Joffy what, what, what a pointless interesting, what, interesting. A point, what a pointless quirk of a competition one, one we'll word it, well, again Sean Harvey Sean um, Harvey Joffy He's kind of he's just just this weekend just fallen between the cracks a tiny bit, hasn't he? You're talking there about you know a, a process in transition, Moscow that he's kind of sort of one foot in the twenty ones, but really he's first team squad and he didn't play for the twenty ones against Stoke, but then wasn't on the bench against Villa. No injury, well, we, no performance issue. There just wasn't room for him. So we said all summer that um, well, we said the pathway. Kinnear said he didn't want to block Joffy's pathway. So what we've done is we've signed someone who's blocked his pathway straight away in old uh, Nanto. It so. is a bit um, cake and eat it, this, isn't it? Because if we had, imagine if we had signed Hakpo or Bambadiang, like it's the same thing. It would have been ahead of mm. Gelhart in the pecking order. And then now Gelhart is not in the squad. Everyone's like, well, what the hell's happening? Why isn't Gelhart playing? It's like, well, and it was sort of my feeling about whether we needed a striker or not was. There's a young lad at QPR, Moscow, you might have heard of him. He's doing well. Seems to be making all the headlines in that EFL division. We should maybe take a look at him. Get him off the pathway and he improves dramatically. <laughs> yeah, Tyler scored, didn't he? He did, bless him. Slid one in the back post. First league goal. The other one he scored, I think, which which was maybe was it in the league cup. He absolutely spanked it in, didn't he? It was mm-hmm. a good goal. So, no, good on him. Miss it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's be nice to Tyler. God bless him. Um, and then finally, yeah, we'll uh, wrap up this section after we... Um, on the 49ers after we dealt with the women who are back to winning ways at Bradford. Yes. Laura Bartup. I was trying to work out, I think she. it might have been her first game of the season, um, but two good goals. I'm sure she scored this season already. She was. They kept saying she was back in the side, so maybe she's missed a few. Mm-hmm. But she was good, and then that puts two up, two thumpers, and first one. Kicking it hard into the net, Michael. Are you pleased with that? Textbook stuff. Yep. Textbook. Yeah, dead hard. Kick it as hard as you can. And the first one had she, some... She uh, might be able to kick it harder. I don't know, but it looked hard. And quite delicately for the first one as well. Mm, delicate footwork, but then a good a good hard kick to finish. Viduka-esque. Yes. 
But uh, and then the last um, they closed it out. They conceded a, a penalty to Bradford. Never a penalty. One. It, <laughs> it was definitely a penalty. <laughs> but uh, Carrie Simpson made some good saves in the last uh, ten minutes to win win a local derby that they uh, they dedicated to Chris Bennett, who was the the chairman you spoke about last week, who had passed away. So a better weekend for the Leeds United women than the first team, anyway. Yes, right then, to San Francisco. The Bay Area Q&A, we've had no sort of feedback on this. And the reason we bring it up is because Parag Marate was there as the guest ahead of the Leeds Villa game. They opened up Levi's Stadium, the 49ers Stadium, which they won in, in the old gridiron. Did yeah, they that? did a bit of that last night. Yeah, I didn't, I've not caught up with it yet, but apparently my boy Debo Samuel was up to his skillful tricks yet again. And Jimmy G doing whatever he does. Well, I've no idea because I didn't watch it. Jimmy G has to because... Uh, is, Trey, that, is that Jimmy G's brother? <laughs> Trey Lance's um, <laughs> ankle got turned a l- around a for his big season. So it's all been... Um, they've had a bit of a messy start to the campaign. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. Um, and they opened up Levi's... It's a fun sport. It's, it's fine. They opened up Levi's Stadium for the, uh, the Bay the Area. The Field of Jeans. The Bay Area uh, lot got together over there on the West Coast and um, did the Q&A with Parag Marate of 49ers and 49ers Enterprises, which is the uh, the bit of them that owns a bit of us and so mm. on and so forth. Um, it'd be interesting to find out what was said there. Parag, very, very sort of smooth and doesn't give uh, a lot away. Rads, mm, where's his heart on his sleeve a little bit more? He was there as the, as the surprise guest because he was in San Francisco doing business, wasn't he, over the weekend, signing the contracts maybe, who knows? Is that what it was? I've no idea. I'm speculating wildly. <laughs> that's, that's big speculation, is that? <laughs> if, that the, uh, if the Q&A got that, and they've just yeah, sat on it, anything. that would be... <laughs> when, you, when you look at it, doing ownership change, I've just done it. Yeah. yeah. Just signed it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll sign an NDA because he's, he ran his mouth off. <laughs> Roderick Simon says, I'm just here to watch now. Don't have a, nothing to do with me whatsoever. Ask Parag. It's time to preview Crystal Palace now. We're playing them away on Sunday at two o'clock. Referee for this one, Paul Tierney. Great lad. <laughs> yeah. But he Better. Gave, gave us a penalty, didn't he, against Brentford. We won that game. That's the away game at the end of last season to stay up. Yeah. So that was good of him. We earned it. I mean, it was a penalty. Didn't like he just he, gave it for no reason. He'd really struggle to not give it, wouldn't he? Particularly if yeah, I had looked at it and gone, yeah, Paul, you, you've got to. You've got to. I know, I know we obviously hate Leeds and there's a conspiracy and all that, but on this occasion, we'll... We'll allow them to score. Well, it was the um, the anti-Burnley conspiracy at that point, wasn't it? That Everton mm. had thought was um, was all on them. But it turned out that it was um, Burnley that the referees in the Premier League wanted relegated. Um, so that's why that happened. Mm. Well, the, um, the, there was the Wolves conspiracy as well, wasn't there, when we heard that? Yeah. Running concurrently. Who will keep, who keep them out of Europe, mm. which they're, they're, doing, they're really making safe with it this year, I think is, is what they've done there. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't mention the sackings actually in the news part of the show that, that Large has gone and Chris Wilder as well. Remember him from our past? Bamford. Fucking mm. Bamford's fun. Bamford. What a weird, a weird thing to do when you've been promoted. Just yeah. talk about Pat Bamford for ages. It's funny, isn't it? Oh, um, well. So, map it to Leeds. And uh, Pat Bamford and his mates are fighting. Well, right when I'm at Middlesbrough, I'll remove every trace. That Bamford was ever in that building. It's a deal with Johnny Housen, though, didn't he? Back to uh, Johnny Housen. Who wouldn't love Johnny Housen? Back to Palace. Uh, mm. They were at the uh, at the mercy of poor refereeing this weekend. Just gone that handball on the floor. Mm. Didn't give a red card for that. Chris Kavanagh was the ref. I just looked that up. Yeah, I see why it wasn't Start given. Giving them names. There was a bloke like in the middle, but for God's no. sake, he was never getting there. It wasn't given because Chris Kavanagh's a bottleless get. Right, and the. 
In your opinion. Was he the referee or the VAR person? He's the referee. So no. I don't know what the VAR's excuse was. Bottle of skets. Bottle of skets. Just a bunch of bottle of skets. It's just dickheads. Unbelievable. And then, because, you know, I've no particular sympathy for Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira, but their faces when Silver then sets up the goal and then Conor Gallagher comes on and thumps the winner in the top corner. I think they, they were all just kind of struggling. Like, what yeah. the fuck here, aren't we? It's proper dagger to the heart stuff. That wasn't in the 90th minute. They've been shafted. It's, it's a surprise to see um, that happening in favour of one of the big teams. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's hard to look at a decision like that and and imagine that there isn't a favour. Well, I was talking, I keep going back to the Sinistera thing. Does a Chelsea player get sent off if they do what Sinistera mm. does? Or is no, it just a, I, I'm saying if, that, if that's Reese James yeah. trailing a leg, he'd be like, don't do that again, Reese, yeah. naughty little sausage. Mason Mount, one of England's heroes, so yeah. it's, he gets a pass, so everything, it's all, it's there, even if it's not a conspiracy, there is that familiarity and I think you know, again, our Louis paid the price for not being a known face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a month off, similar to us, after their Brighton game got postponed due to the the epic distance those teams had to. Had to I mean, if people are saying, "Well, just get just drive to Liverpool," mm-hmm. in fairness, you can't drive to Brighton, can you? Because you can't park within about eight miles of it because of, of when, what? When the, from where <laughs> from wherever you can park? Don't they do a park and ride. Yeah, I think it was cancelled because the... There were no trains, it was a train strike. Yeah, you basically have yeah. to get there on a train and there but was then, a train strike. But then there wasn't a train strike because the Queen died. Yeah. But, but then you, anyway. you, can't get a, you can't get a train away from the Liverpool game. Yeah. So that shouldn't God. be... that, And they've moved it to that. <laughs> so yeah, the, train strike, big... the train strike affected so they've moved it, from outside. So they've moved it to that. You can't get a train back, which means it should be postponed and moved to a different time. Yeah, when trains are available. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's the logic here. If you yeah. have to cancel a game because trains aren't available to get fans there, why are you then moving games to times when trains are not available? It's like put, it's like putting the game on on a day when you know there's a train strike. Yeah, yeah. It's good, well, it's because this is, I suppose, Stupid, this, is, isn't it? this is a big, a big um, intense it's, derby and stuff in it, Brighton Palace. But, it's a bubble game. Yeah, isn't but it? it's but still it you don't get more people because of the way that the cap away attendance is. You don't get more away fans traveling to it than you do from Leeds to Liverpool. But they're more punchy. And the, you'll be oh imagine if you had to get a bus you'd be oh it'd be so much just worse. The palace ultra is a, is what's caused this, isn't it? Mm, yeah, they're, they're scary. You can't, those drums might be keeping the good people of Hove awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are not in great shape this season, uh, but yet, as I was saying on the, on the Phil Hayes show, it's like it's one of those you look at and you go, mm, tricky game, but it also falls into that same category as the Villa game did of teams that could probably beat each other mm. on any given day might well grind out yet another tedious draw who knows I mean having moaned about watching Villa roll around and complain we've got Ayu and uh, Zaha in this game haven't we yeah, I mean Zaha I mean, it will trigger trigger warning for the for the Palace fans but he's got to be one of the unhappiest footballers you've ever seen he yeah. just seems to hate the game hates mm. his teammates hate playing he's got it's because he's he knows he could have done so much more he should have won some trophies shouldn't he Instead, he's there. Did just trying to win, just trying school. to win free kicks. You don't even get like a Europa League or a League Cup. I mean, it was David Moyes, wasn't it? So. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> so no, I'm not sure. If he, I mean, clearly, I'm clearly, not sure if he did. a very talented player. Of course, he doesn't dive as mm. we know because the Palace fans always. Oh yeah, they've got all the evidence yeah, to show that he doesn't jump they, on this. They've got video compilations of all mm, this to yeah. say that he does. He never goes down, unlike so many other Premier yeah. League football. And he, he doesn't. He barely even moans about yeah, it. Don't try and run the referees either. We no. know that's not really a thing because nobody does that, as we saw in the Leeds Villa game. So. We can move on from that, can't we? Um, but a, re- a really good player, we should say that as well. I did say that. Yeah, okay, just to make it completely oh, clear, though. He is a very talented footballer. He's yes. really good. We just wish he'd stop fucking moaning. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think Ayo is actually the more annoying of the two, probably, because he's not even as good. He yeah. just he's, His yeah. game seems to mainly be about 
rolling about and complaining. Lois Cross was good at uh, the weekend for their goal. Yeah. I'm just going to put this one out there. I'd quite like us to win this. Mm. I'd like us to win all our games. Mm. Should, we go, yeah. should we go there and try and grind out a nil-nil like we did last year? Um, <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? God, that was it's so, I think we had a better performance against Villa at Elland Road than last year. If we have a better performance at Selhurst Park than last year, those would be two big improvements. I think the thing about somebody uh, mentioned it way, way back in when we were discussing the Villa game that we've we need a win um, against some of these teams. We do. It would be nice, but also we're not hurting ourselves too much by not losing to Villa and Everton and Palace. Fingers crossed, because that's how the gap opens up. If you look three points for a win instead of one for a draw, and if you start going behind. Palace and Villa and Everton, we would have a problem if we were considerably lower down the division than them with poor results against them. Takes me back to that comment last year. You won't remember it, but I know because it was said by Leeds United legend Robbie Elliott, who um, was near somebody who I'm in touch with inside the stadium and said, uh, draws keep you up in this division. Mm. So we can draw our way, like the, the George Graham era, never really winning any games, just draw, draw, draw. And it doesn't, to safety. as we were saying earlier on as well, that it's progress in a way isn't it that if we can keep getting the results while five new players lots of them attackers Sinistera gets his fitness while all that kind of improves and Marsh keeps saying you know that we've got to improve on our tactical topics and our link up players in these areas then there are signs that we can get better than we are but if we're starting from a base of not losing to showers of shit like this (laughs) Touchwood. I actually don't mind Palace, you know. No, they're fine. I think I feel like it, they're at least, a bit much of a muchness. These teams, aren't they? They've at least tried to do something a bit more interesting, though, haven't they? Like some good graphics at the stadium. You know, they've signed some fairly interesting young players and what have you. Tried to do it that way. It just yeah. feels they've done it on a, a relatively small budget. Well, they're trying, they haven't to be sensible with the money. I suppose a bit like we are, insofar as like they're not trying to. They don't seem to have anyone bankrolling them and saying, "Here's two hundred million quid to burn through every summer." And they, so they've tried to sign players who can increase in value like Eze and uh, Lise and people like that who, you know, interesting uh, players. And against Chelsea as well, they picked an attacking front five, mm. which given the kind of the transfers that they've been making, it's Elise as well as obviously out injured. But um, they, had all the, they had all of them on the pitch at once. It just went, right, fucking Chelsea, let's go for it, scored. And then would have scored again, maybe, or at least would have had the advantage for a, a, a red card But that's not allowed. Chelsea. It's not allowed, Moscow, is well, it? Exactly, so so. They, they made sure that you know, Chelsea got the win. They hit the scene. But it does mean that there could be a more exciting match in the offing. There's no reason to think Patrick Vieira's Palace will be going negative against us. And don't forget as well that um, Vieira and Marsh hate each other from the old New York. Well, it was actually, it was Abu Dhabi against uh, Salzburg. That famous derby. Yes. Yeah, the rival. Big that just happened to be being played in well, New York. But yeah, I think it's no in Salzburg when you meant Red Bull. No, I meant Salzburg. Oh, you meant Salzburg. Yeah, it's a, it was because it's the City football group against the Red Bull group, so Abu Dhabi against Salzburg oh. is where the, their bases are. Oh, is Salzburg the main base of the Red Bull? Mm. I don't even know. It's, a, it's an Austrian drink. It's their, uh, it, it replaced, it's, it's Switzerland has... Um, Toblerons? Toblerons. Yeah. Knives. I was thinking of Milka. St. Bernard, Bernard Dogs. Yeah, and uh, Austria has Red what's, Bull. What's your second favourite Austrian drink? Um, it's not Schlitz, because that's, that's from... Milwaukee where uh, Jesse Marsh is from there's a beer that I've got a bottle of that um, was associated with the, the proper Salzburg team Austria Salzburg and I can picture it because it's got a beautiful bottle um, and I can't uh, 
is great. I can't for the life. This is great. Remember the name of it. Anyway, if we do draw at, um, at Salhurst Park, it would have us trending towards forty-five points for a finish, just over that, which again puts you in the twelfth to fourteenth bracket based on last season's table. Oh, it's fine, isn't it? It probably is. Yeah, and it's it's shite, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it probably is. I hate it, but fine. Yeah, Stiegel. Stiegel. Yeah, Stiegel is your your drink of choice in Austria if you can't get any Red Bull. Obviously, uh, get yourself some Stiegel. Whereas if um, as long as you win. are of age and drink it responsibly, mm. because if you don't fulfil either of those criteria, uh, drink the water and just don't touch Red Bull. Uh, whereas if we win, we'd be on one point five points per game. Which if we do, uh, that sounds more fun. That means you get to win every other game, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, over a season that would put you on fifty-seven. I really wish we'd been able to play that Forest game. Because I feel like we'd have probably won that and then we'd be currently sat on 12 points which would put us 6th or 7th. Well, if we do win against Palace, that would have us trending towards yeah, 57 which would see us finishing 7th in the league. So that's mm. But you're still as your parameters, sort of 7th to 14th is the is the broad area that we're, we're, we're kind of closing in on as the parameters narrow. Or are, yeah. or are we? Just trending downwards and going to go are down. Are we 3 Michael? points off the relegation zone? We could well, have put that scum win in our back pocket as well, couldn't we? Yeah, not, not mentioning that one. We don't have a great record there, do we? We would, we would have. That's the game we would have won. But but nobody seems to be winning. Seems to be winning in the Premier League. I mentioned on the Phil Hay show that um, nobody below uh, six. There's won more than two games, with the exception of Fulham, who've happened to have won three, but mm. have also lost three as well. Uh, so where are all the wins gone? To the top. <laughs> okay. Arsenal have won seven out of eight. Man City have won six out of eight. That's about it, really. Oh, and even Liverpool aren't winning, are they? No. No, they've only won two games. We'd be we'd be above Liverpool if we'd have beaten Forest. Yeah, it is already a bit a bit mad down there. Like Bournemouth sacked Scotty Parker, yet are somehow on the same points as us. I don't um, think Scotty we have Parker a game. Got, in, I don't think Scotty Parker got most of those points. In fairness, they've come after sacking him. But still, it's yeah, it's early. They are sort of meant to be the you know the the crisis team. And that Leicester game, as well. They'll get rid the of Le- Rogers. Wolves. The Leicester against Forest game, you thought you kind of thought whoever loses this might get sacked. And I mean, bloody, still um, might. I was going to say, if you look at that entire bottom half of the table, Leicester, yeah, right up right up against it. I've just realised that um, I haven't updated the table since last night. There we go. Leicester's winning in that. Yeah, so Cooper's job on the line. Leicester, job on the line. Wolves have sacked, sacked um, Large. Mm-hmm. Palace are still down there, but obviously giving Vieira time. Hasenhuttle's supposed to be under threat at Southampton. Moyes was being talked about at West Ham. I feel Ham. like Hasenhuttle like probably welcome being yeah. sacked. He's been on the verge of it for like two years. He'd probably just, just bring it on. Everybody below us at some point or another, which, which obviously stands to reason because if you're struggling in the Premier League, your job's under threat. Well, it's, it's, that's because it's the only storyline anybody's got in the Premier League. Bottom half, what do we do? Is we just say, all those managers are under pressure. Fine. And there's probably only because it's Jesse Marsh's uh, first full season that he's not being talked about. And we got the and because the Chelsea win was on telly. If that game hadn't happened and it had just been like a one nil win on a Saturday afternoon without the nation watching, I'm sure people in the, a similar way to you know why is we were talking about this before. Why is Gerard's job under threat? I know Villa are awful to watch and underperforming relative to what they want to do, but there's, it's just an absence of anybody finding anything else to talk about other than right talk sport. We've got six hours to fill. Which teams are in the bottom half, right? Let's say all those managers are getting sacked. And that'll, mm. fill, a, that'll fill a day. Royal people up on social media and we can just um, bluff through the fact that none of us have got anything to say about actual football and people kicking balls and having a nice time. They, um, they started quite brightly, didn't they, the Palace? Um, but like us, haven't won in four. 
No. Well, it felt like because they drew at Liverpool and then they beat Villa and like, drawing at Liverpool at that point, people thought it was good, but then it turned out Liverpool was shit. So they've lost to Man City. It's a terrible result. Should have lost, beaten them. They've lost to Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, all of which you'd you know expect, wouldn't you, in the shake-up. Who's their other win against? It's, well, it's just uh, Oxford in the cup, which isn't so good. But just uh, as, as a start, though, you think, all oh, right, solid. Point at Liverpool, mm. home win, lovely stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, they've lost Conor Gallagher, haven't they, since last season as well. So I think them and Wolves were the two from last year that had quite decent seasons who I thought, mm, they might be struggling a bit and um, pleasingly Wolves are. Yeah, and I think Palace are missing um, that one sort of body in midfield, that sort of energetic, mm. uh, basically what Conor Gallagher did for them. They've not managed to find a player to to do that and they're already talking about January for that. So we'll play them now. Well, that's not a factor. Tyler Adams and Mark Rocker can run midfield and they have um, what they've got coming up before the World Cup is the games against like teams like us and Villa and Everton they've already played Villa but that kind of they're not they're not doing City and Arsenal and Liverpool again so they've got a bit of a this is their time to sort of build up some momentum and decide where they're going to be in the table so hopefully we can stop that straight away because all they're good at who scored after all that is counter-attacks that's their one strength everything else um, they're very weak at protecting the lead very weak against uh, about defending against skillful players so give Somerville a try when I always said mm-hmm. we could give him 10 minutes from the start maybe 20 um, and then the week at stopping opponents from creating chances which will help us um, because we weren't very good at creating them against Villa they are bad at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas so we can have some um, uh, Aronson Harrison mm-hmm. debates mm-hmm. have little chats on the board so what they're going to do they're weak on aerial duels so um, get Nonto on uh, and they're also weak at defending set pieces so that helps <laughs> with the um, what's he called? No, I'm just laughing at the idea of putting him on for the aerial duels. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they're weak at it, give him a, uh, give him a chance. He might have a, a big spring. And they're weak at keeping <laughs> possession of the ball as well, which is um, good. And in, in their style of play, opponents play aggressively against them, which mm. is another way of saying Ayu and Zaha hit the deck every time anyone sets foot near them. Well, so this is what we can predict then. We can predict Zaha to look unhappy and to, to get fouled. Here, uh, Villains of the well, week will be Zaha and Ayu yeah. next week. Uh, they're they're yeah. in there. This is a game. It'd be nice to win. We're capable of winning. Wouldn't be surprised if we lost. Probably a draw. I mean, I've seen Steve Morrison score two goals at, at Crystal Palace. So it's your game to do that again. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's do heroes and villains then. Someone what has done us good, someone what has done us bad over the last seven days. The first bit is the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Congratulations to Stuart Atwell. Um, right, the Gitano yep, Hero. Hero of the Week Award. And so on and so forth. It is going to be at well. It, it is. Um, but we will do a little bit of the. Let's do a bit of foreplay before we get to the uh, the big moment. All right, Ken Bates. Uh, I thought I was thinking about that in, in the first part of the show. You were talking about slow slow, you were talking about slow build up, and I was thinking about Ken trying to thumb in one. It's amazing. <laughs> it haunts our thoughts, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. Susanna. <laughs> uh, right, at well. What have people had to say about him? There's a lot of libel in here. I mean, look. Well, we first of all is uh, Dickie Wood almost. Um, Libeling the uh, Trinidadian pianist, Winifred <laughs> Atwell, because he, he clarified Atwell, uh, Stuart, not Winnie. And I had to look her up, didn't I, know. I did as well. Jaunty piano is, oh. is how I'd describe oh, it. You, why don't you just ask me? I could have told you that. Oh, yeah. Hey. What, what's your favourite uh, Winnie Atwell song? Tink, tinkling on the Ivories. Oh, it's a good one, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll cue some of that up on Spotify later and give that a listen. So some some good will come out, Stuart Atwell's disgrace. So thank you, Dickie. I love it when uh, Winnie plays the old C scale mm. quite a few C's been dropped for, uh, yeah. for Stuart Atwell actually as uh, as you mentioned it but um, useless character is mentioned swine uh, in the middle pun intended says, yeah. uh, says Eldrick um, Adsham says hard to say lost control of the game when he never had it from kickoff ruined an already poor game quite the achievement yeah I mean everyone nominated Stuart Atwell he's going to win it you know that's, that's the end of this isn't it really <laughs> Some of the other runners and riders. Well, I mean, the, the PGMOL. PGMOL, Western Ralph nominates them, saying referee even standards in the league are so poor. Um, P- PGMOL is the professional, so called professional game match officials limited, isn't it? That's what it stands for. Mm. They appoint the referees. It's part owned by the Premier needs League. A, needs an overhaul of the entire system, which it does. And in fairness, I think. Is it Howard Webber's coming in? The, is he coming in to take charge of it soon? Yeah, they're bringing him back from. Um, He's in the States, isn't he? Yeah. So maybe he'll. Make it better. Do an all-star ref game, something like that. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Put them in jazzier outfits. Pom-poms. Yeah, I dig I it. I would improve that because that would be uh, the whole watching a yellow card being given from out of a pom-pom mm. with the, the rustling sound as Are well. Are they going to be, be dressed good. fully as cheerleaders? Fascinating that Seth Blatter come up with this. <laughs> <laughs> plenty, of, uh, plenty of dislike for Sky Sports as well, both within the ground. There was some of that uh, going on and, you know, people complaining of bias here and, uh, Bielsa Sai suggesting that uh, Andy Hinchcliffe, who was doing the co-commentary there on Sky, is an absolute character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was Boney M who suggested that uh, Hinchcliffe needed a Urente-style lobotomy. <laughs> he also, uh, I'll back Boney M because he's backing me on what Roy Keane was saying after the game, missing the point on the red card. Get in the fucking sea, you wank bastard, says Boney. Great. Uh, McGinn gets a couple of nominations. This is a good one from Philip. Because you were on about McGinn's features, which is mm. it's a very cheap shot. It is, but so what? It says McGinn, who looks like he wears a McGinn mask over his stupid McGinn face. Dirty little shite. I was really confused. I looked, um, TSB Plus members will already have read this in the um, uh, the email on Monday evening, but um, Craig Hope in the Daily Mail went full, um, like, uh, journalist, Lampard-loving journalist about Stephen Gerrard. There is a lot to like about Gerard, and the feeling remains that he will be a very good manager. But will that be at Villa? His team needs to be more ruthless, which is the whole thing about, you know, 
Gerard's a good manager. It's the team that are, mm. are no good for him. But he, um, the Lampard, he did, basically. he did allow a bit of a question. He then said that, like, um, he copied Gerard's talking point about. Um, it was ironic that one of the tactics Leeds employed was understandably wasting time. Ironic in that they'd been so irked by we had ten players. <laughs> Not bad. Anyway. Well done, well done, Stu, apparently, he said in the comments. Is that yeah, right? Yes, he did. He said he got Irish everything anno- right. Irish and annoyed, just flag this up, thank you. Anyway, to finish on this, he does allow a little bit of criticism of Gerard Starr, where he says uh, the way that they set up to eat time was somewhat bizarre. This was the all-white of Leeds they were playing, not Real Madrid. Surely, a team with the supposed attacking talent of Coutinho, Watkins and John McGinn should show a little <laughs> more faith in their ability. Like, this is, uh, you, <laughs> he wouldn't be the... Third on your list, would he? You were naming like great attackers of Premier League football. Coutinho, Haaland, John McGinn. <laughs> it's, it's right though, isn't it? Like you see, talking before about, you know, only one club outside the top six has got more than two wins. The value of wins in the Premier League is massive. Try getting some. Mm. Especially G- when you've spent half a million. Let John a- McGinn go out there and express himself. Spell. Give him the ball. Let him dance through the defences, the way that we've always associated over the years with those great John McGinn teams. It's weird that McGinn is, has got all this footballing ability and is known mainly as a footballer, but the two nominations are both for his face because Jack has also nominated him for that. So it's unfortunate for him, really. Yeah, there were an assortment of other Villa nominations, including Ashley Young and Tyrone Mings happily laughing with the referee, knowing they're just getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fair shout on that. Um, we've had a, a Lionel Richie has been in touch, who's nominated... Hello, Lionel. <laughs> Hello. The family stand parrots to mix it up from all the ref nominations. I'm going to nominate this little prick for years. This kid, he's nominated Childer. Um, this kid is sat behind me who repeats whatever anyone in the crowd says in a stupid, screaming, prepubescent voice right in my ear. Stupid idiot referee was the highlight of the last game. So he's not repeating me anyway because I'm in the east and I was saying far worse than that. I was. So you shouldn't be because it's setting a bad example. Can to you hear this parrot? I make what I tend to do is I, I tend to try and reserve my swearing for when everybody else is getting like annoyed so I don't stand out as an absolute animal. <laughs> Do you think it might actually be a parrot? It, it might, well, it might be Do looking, they after, get concessions? looking after the big sexy pirates parrot. You never know. Maybe no. It's technically family. Hmm. Uh, you and you and Phil Hay have both received ah, nominations down for similar sorts of people things. People are so basically. miserable though. Like, what's wrong with, what, why tempt fate? Asks House of Stouts. Well, it's not about tempting fate, isn't it? It's about talking about the ebbs and flows of the game. You can't predict what's going to come next, but you can talk about what's happened. Uh, To clarify, the the nomination is for tweeting that Sinistera had the source at halftime. Which I did say I did a coward's thing and deleted it. I was going to say I'd nominate you for being such a spineless little twat that you've had to delete it. But the reason why I delete that is because people go, oh, look, you jinxed it. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. He brings up... um, At least no no one's mentioned it since. House of Stoats brings up that it's like me saying that Newcastle would never win a game again. At least I stood by that. And also... Let that be a lesson to you, Mai, then. Tongue in cheek as well. Stand by your strongly held opinions. And I still... Newcastle are 7th at the moment. Do you think think they're going to end the season on 11 points? Well, they're not going to be playing against uh, 10-man Fulham every week, so I'm not sure where they're next. Who are they playing next? I don't know. I mean, they'll probably get a knockback and then it's hard to see where the next win's coming from. (laughs) Uh, Chris Wood up front is only going to work for so long, isn't it? Talking about the libel laws, Boney M has pointed out that the libel laws have... Uh, hindered us from reading out the vast majority of what people had to say about Atwell. Newcastle played Brentford next, by the way, which must be a cup game, yeah, league cup game or something. Else. Thomas Frank will have them up for can't, that. I don't can't think, be Premier League. I don't yeah. think uh, Newcastle will cope very well. Yeah, it was weird that, wasn't it? Did you see um, on the slot where match of the day was supposed to be the other night? Had the was it Brentford against Bournemouth on the telly, mm. like a League One fixture instead Papa of Papa John's. Papa John's action on match of the day. Odd. Anyway, congratulations, Stuart Atwell. 
See you again soon, no doubt. Uh, villain of the week. The Gitano Barati Hero of the Week. We like to finish on a positive. Somebody who has, has brought us joy uh, over the last seven days. Nominations, please. Who have we got? <sighs> well, I mean, uh, somebody do Bielsa Sai say nobody. Bielsa Sai said no one. Which is, mm. yeah. Feels harsh. It does yeah, feel like um, it wasn't. We got a point, didn't we? So yeah. it can't have been a complete disaster. I mean, the people, for weight of nominations, I think Click is actually probably there, which considering he was only on the pitch for like 15, 20 minutes or whatever, is, is some going. He's maybe a candidate for starting, isn't he? But I wonder if there's, because as pleasant as Aronson is and is going to be 21, isn't he? So he's, is he, he's around the same age as Gelhart. And it's not a, a, a straight line player development and adaptation, isn't it? So if Click is coming off the bench and playing well, um, there's an argument for him starting a game over Aronson. But then there's also their competing uh, World Cup hopes and uh, maybe I'm reading far much in, too much into this, but uh, Marsh will want Aronson to play at the World Cup for USA more than Click to play for Poland. Does that come into the thinking? Maybe, probably I not. Think so. I think Aronson I is. Know. I think Aronson is more or less guaranteed to start from my because they want of, USA to win the World my Cup. My reading of to US beat England stuff. in the group. Uh, yeah. yeah, but if he doesn't play between now and um, he's going to play, he's our, it was our big summer signing. Yeah, but for the USA, if he doesn't play between now and uh, the World Cup, then I don't think he's in the. I World think Cup I think Click as well shows that he's good, a good person to bring off the bench because he he's able to watch a game it seems and go if I just do a bit of this that'll work in one way or another either to make the football better as he did against Wolves or to just annoy the shit out of people like he did against Chelsea and Villa. He can't work the other way because I, I know in the League Cup game when. Aronson was on the bench and him and Rocker went and warmed up in front of the cop. They completely misunderstood where they're, they're supposed to be uh, standing as substitutes. And a coach went out and I thought he was going to move them from there, but instead he got them next to the um, corner flag and they were having a big tactical chat and he was pointing things out on the pitch as well. So it, it can sometimes help. I know they do video work for that, but maybe Aronson on the bench for a game while Click starts and goes, I'll see what Click he's doing. So things like if we have a big squad... Out with Joffy not being in the team, we've got a big squad, so not every player is going to play every game. So if Click's playing well, well, he's a he's a hero anyway. These youngsters, not I mean, none of them are going to play when Matteo Joseph um, fully gets his Spurs. And just to he's... clarify, I'm sure that Jesse Marsh is not deliberately trying to short circuit Matthew's Click's attempts to <laughs> play the World Cup just to benefit the US men's national team. I'm just trying to scope out all the different because there are a lot of like little subplots there, and it is a big. Um, it could be a, a reason for some players being in form and not in form when they've got half an eye on the World Cup at the moment. All of that is kind of in the background of things, but I don't think it's, it's going to be as as big as um, Jesse Marsh is trying to engineer at USA defeating England so that anyway, Aronson Sam, has to play. Sam was pointing out that Matteo Joseph's doing dead good for the 21s and he's a candidate for, for the hero ship this week and uh, Harland as well. Who, If you look at Harland, and my mate texted me, he says he reminds him of a centaur. Mm-hmm kind of carries himself like a centaur. If he had if he had a horse's torso under his top half, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? Did we talk about him um, whacking the Wolves player off the ball the other week? I don't think I've been on since I enjoyed that bit of video. Somebody, I can't remember who it is, but he's running through the middle and the defender tries to tuck his shirt. So Harland, as they're running towards the penalty area, kind of whacks his hand off him and then pretty much smacks him on the arse and then shoves him on the shoulder to send to get rid of him, basically. And it's like him just swatting him off. But the there is a specific, just like, smacked behind aspect to it. Of like, you touch me, you have that, get off me. And you just don't see... The referee, I think, spots it and is like, I'm not going to let you do that. If the ball comes, I'm going to blow for a, a, a foul. But you just don't get other players that strong that they just like, as they are running, 
they are spanking other players for trying to get close to them and pushing them away. You see, really, original Ronaldo was a bit like that in his pomp. He'd kind mm. of he'd, he'd just see a little gap, like an inch gap between two defenders, and just bomb through it, and they just skittle to either side. He was good at that. It's, it's, it's the, the reason why this is the reason why he doesn't have bounces when he goes around walking in central yeah. Manchester because no one's going to mess with him. It's the act of turning round while still <laughs> running faster than most of the players into a penalty area to basically just two-handed shove a player off and just send them reeling off towards the far touchline. He's an extraordinary soul. Isn't I, we've, I feel like we've talked about him a lot this week, but he's he's fascinating. Let's he? talk about our own number nine. I think Adsham's tongue might be planted firmly in cheek. Better than Harland. Nominates Bamford for, for surviving unscathed, a miracle in itself, but we don't know that for sure yet. Yeah, we? I mean, he didn't get through the week, did he? He got through say, the we, 20 minutes. We all thought he was unscathed ahead of the game, didn't we? But turns out not. Uh, Cooper did seem to come through all right, though. He received yeah. many nominations as well. Uh, as, as how are we against Stanos, 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 <laughs> Stanos. Um, but a couple of mistakes, but nothing that can't be put down to rustiness. But yeah, I, I, there were a few bits early on. But there was also a bit early on where he headed a corner clear and then did mm. a big shout. Which as anyone who's ever played, even at non-league football, you need a centre back who shouts out. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as he heads the ball, and Cooper does that well, he seems to be combining. Robin Cox got some nominations as well. Uh, Matt W, uh, Ralph Scrooge, they seem to be combining quite well. There was not the confusion that we about saw with Llorente and Cox at Brentford that led to seventeen goals. It seemed very clear who was attacking what ball, and even if it was, um, they were both going for it. It got sorted out early. Who was going for it and who was dropping? There seems to have a grip of that much better than when it was um, Cock and Llorente um, and there was a because Cock got quite harshly treated at Brentford because there was the the one that he flicked on and then the one where Llorente sort of went for the ball that he had covered on the halfway line made him look terrible I think Cooper helped make him look as good as he uh, actually is just on Ailing actually um, Stuart Atwell shiny, shiny anus has been in touch to suggest Luke Ayling, Dark Knight, needs a nomination for his vigilante work. Yeah, Good, I mean, he it? did get several nominations, but they were all pretty much for his mask. Um, uh, Sol nominates Luke Crabfeeder Ayling. Anyone know what that's a reference to? Have we just is, that an urban, of... is that an Urban Dictionary thing? Probably the kind of thing that you need to check before <laughs> Probably, uh, yeah. um, saying it out loud. For, for being only a ball gag away from a successful OnlyFans channel, <laughs> which... Uh, just what Sol's been been browsing there. Oh, crab feeder seems to be a character in uh, some sort of Tits and Dragons TV stuff. The world of fire and ice. Thank goodness that yeah. might be something from like a Berlin night. Game of Thrones. Dragons. You will be the, you will be the crab feeder for this evening. Oh no, it's not my turn again, is it? There you go. Um, but yeah, he, he well he. If you are oh, going to make a modern there, reference, he? could you just like put an asterisk so we know to uh, consult a youth? Yeah, look, there you go. There's there's a picture of of crab feeder. Oh, okay. With a mask on. Oh, all right. We'll get that one popped onto the video so you can see so what the reference is, is pertaining to. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, he defended like a nightmare though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He kept making the same mistake. He kept running mm. full pelt and then just getting turned. I suppose you can when there's three at the back. Got a bit more security behind you. And mm. you it was kind of the one bit of attacking we had was um, Ailing and Furpo once we'd gone to that formation. It's like, if they can bomb forward, then that'll work. Um, but he did seem to get... Maybe he just looked caught out. Maybe it was actually... He was who, caught out. Who was on that side? It was... I um, was. But in our defence. Oh, yeah, I mean, cock. So, I guess. Yeah. Robin probably had it all covered, but just the way that Ailing with his mask on, kind of 
<laughs> oh no! Made it look a lot worse than it was, and then Robin's just like, "No, it's it is okay, Luke. I I have the situation all in hand." Well, speaking of physical comedy, Junior Furpo got a couple of hero Similar nominations thing. as well. Similar Scrooge, thing. Scrooge says, "Furpo, was Furpo good?" Have this situation all in hand. I'm going to give it straight to John McGinn. <laughs> he didn't get a book or do anything that made my asshole close up. So well done for for that. Yeah, he. I don't <laughs> think he was. Flow. Um, it was Scrooge just fully dilated. <laughs> I don't think he was very good. <laughs> he was uh, fine, I suppose, wasn't he? Yeah, he he put us under. I suppose trying to find an out ball when you are under the cosh with ten players is difficult. But the centre of the made pitch, it look... low down, probably ain't the place to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think he kicked. Just because properly, there's no he? players down the wings doesn't mean you can't just boot the player there to relieve the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocky got some nominations as well, who um, did some good, good passes. Uh, yeah, and did attempt to kill a man. So Jamie can't last a full game, isn't it? Really? Mm. Yeah, I think he was as as he was pointed out here. Um, by Boney M that uh, he should have stayed on but the fact he was on a yellow in that atmosphere was the main factor he came off there's a combination of that and his fitness is he finished 190 mm. yeah but the, I, would, I was definitely thinking probably get him off because we can't afford another we can't afford another yellow card leading to another red card and find ourselves down to nine and given that he had got suckered into that um, attempting to stamp on Ollie Watkins chest I think it was wasn't it that probably just get him off Ollie Watkins had it coming um <laughs> Nonto gets a nomination um, from Jimmy Walker because he liked seeing him get his FIFA ratings. That yeah, was good. But his, his, his sniggering at Somerville getting 69 as his rating was nice. Did you see that? He just went, <laughs> and you realise that he's basically a kid, which is, which is quite might, sweet. Like I said before, my 11-year-old finds the number 69 indescribably funny. So that's about <laughs> the level that, that we're at uh, with all that. Yes, uh, who's your hero of the week then? Captain, give it the coops. Click. Come back and we got a, well, now nah, let's give it to Liam because he's come back, clean sheet, big commanding performance. There's your League One, Liam. And we've been hoping he would come back and, and help things. And he's a bit like. Good he shouting. Can, he can, he's good shouting and he can set a good example to Pat Bamford as well. Mm. If you just don't keep getting injured uh, and yeah. you can play and play really well and you get a hero award from the square ball, which I know is something that Pat Bamford would treasure. Excellent. Uh, so well done, Captain Coops. Uh, that wraps up the weekly show for this week. Uh, we'll be back on the Phil Hay Show back end of the week. That'll be Friday afternoon post Jess conference. And we'll do the extra ball as well. We'll Rob find out what it was like in, um, in Castellon. Among other things, we'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.